खिलाफत के अमी हम हैं अमानत हम संभालेंगे जो नेमत छिन वी बिलीव इन इक्वेलिटी ऑफ ह्यूमन बीइंग्स इन द रूल ऑफ लॉ एंड वी आर अगेंस्ट ऑल टाइप्स ऑफ ऑपरेशन वेलकम टू द एमकेए यूएसए वाइब रन बाय मजलिस कुदामल अहमदिया यूएसए America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. We're here to share a weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected imams and wisdom from different sources. Khalifa ke labon se jo gulo jo har bikharte hain. Respected by the Mir Sahib, his honorable guests, ശൈതോജീ Brothers and sisters, the topic for discourse discussion today is the harms of intoxicants. The human fascination with intoxicants or mind-altering substances unfortunately is prehistoric. It has existed in all cultures, all societies and all times. We don't clearly understand why humans have always been more fascinated to live in this altered false sense of reality for short periods of time but we do know even some social scientists believe that some of the bizarre paintings that we see in some of these caves were perhaps the result of humans experimenting with substances which gave them such bizarre sensations and then to do those paintings unfortunately as humans developed and they perfected their knowledge of chemistry and so forth they also perfected the developments of some of the most lethal toxic and horrible drugs why do i say that is over the next 20 minutes or so we'll divide this into two sections the part one which will be what the contemporary problem is and the second half is a solution with the holy quran offers alcohol and drug today is one of the most phenomenal problems of the contemporary american society initially the substances which considered very toxic unacceptable in the society were given in as socially acceptable to give an example is 100 years ago tobacco was considered something loathsome not acceptable and then it became an acceptable drug a legalized drug and then it continued on alcohol for example 100 years ago many of the american societies it was unacceptable we turned around and we said well since most people drink the best solution would be and most people want to continue to drink the best solution would be to make it legalized and make it easy for them that would be the solution to solve it around this time there was also a massive economic phenomenon happening in different parts of the world whether it is capitalism or uh, socialism or other forms of economic products uh, the corner store one of the corner store principles of capitalism is maximizing profits now whether you learn this or not you do understand 
that the profit margin in the development of drug industry beats nobody. So powerful is this industry that one individual in a Latin American country in the 1980s offered to pay off the entire national debt of the country the money that they owed us to the United States of America. That's how powerful this industry has become. Simple experimentation or simple use, such as with, say, tobacco, has enormous health consequences. But when you take into account what substances do when they have a much deeper mind-altering effect, then the results, they don't stop there. They pervade into all aspects of human life. We don't understand exactly why it happens, why people become what we call as drug-dependent or drug addict. There's perhaps a genetic predisposition, but to argue that just genetic disposition makes a person a drug addict would be just not fair. There's no disease, as a physician I know, that there's almost no disease which will express itself unless you provide the right environment. You may have a tendency to be a smoker, an alcoholic, but if you do not live in a society which allows you an ease of access, a culture which sanctions high social acceptance of drug use, there's no chance or very little chance that you will, be, you will become a drug addict. Unfortunately, there is also a coexistence of drug addiction with many other psychological illnesses. Then the relationship is, is a vicious cycle, one making the other a lot worse. To give you an example, a single white male who has lost his wife, who has access to alcohol in a gun, it contributes, is a big cause of the ninth leasing cause of death in this country and that is called suicide. So a man who has a good life, is prosperous, is healthy, has lost his wife. He has two accesses to comfort himself, alcohol, and he thinks it takes his psychological pain away. He thinks that he has comforted himself, but sooner or later, he finds that this alcohol has pervaded his mind to the point that he must shoot himself, and frequently they do, the ninth leading cause of death in this country is suicide. The stage is when you, when you first experiment with drugs, it is very simple, such as a gateway drug like uh, tobacco. And some scientists, many normal people would argue that tobacco is not a drug. But that's another discussion. But it is initially, most of the times, will be very experimental. People do not become drug addict, drug dependent from the word go. You don't smoke a cigarette and become a drug addict. It's usually experimental. It can't be possibly peer pressure. It is because this is the cool thing to do, because this is what happens in Hollywood. This is what the cool and beautiful and rich people do. So this is what I should imitate. This is what I should do. It's not totally irrelevant to Ansar but, or the older men and women, but understand that the goal of these industries to maximize profit is not to attack people of my age. Have you ever seen a man who's lived a life of piety until age 40 and decides, well, tonight I'm going to start drinking, or I will start doing drugs, or I'll go take a life of infidelity? This is an organized, purpose-driven process to get him and get him young. What you do to a child in the first few years of life and what they experiment in the schools 
it's what they will be for the rest of the life. It is not what will happen to you when you age 40. Although, having said that, it's not impossible that you fall a prey to these, uh, these situations almost any time of your life. So you never let those guards down. The stages, unfortunately, it gets progressively worse. The first symptoms may be very nonspecific. So if you are specifically thinking of, God forbid, your child, your neighbor, or your friend, they have very vague symptoms. A kid who has just experimented with some drugs, there will be an increase in the use of this drug. The very kicks that he has experimented with, he's going to want to do more of. And the symptoms and signs are very vague. And unless you're vigilant, unless you understand what it does to your mind, you may not know. <clears throat> These kids may start having falling grades. Their friends may change. Their sleep may become disturbed. They become agitated. Or they might have starting having minor brushes of law, with the law. And perhaps we think, well, you know, he's a kid, he did something. But those are the times that you have to become very vigilant and understand that unless you react quickly, this is going to go out of control. I want to summarize a few points. This is not religious. This is what uh, is strictly uh, just to summarize that the whole point of selling tobacco, alcohol, the sanction to the legal drive, legalized drugs, and now unfortunately many states are legalizing marijuana, it is not about public welfare. It is not about making the lives of people better. As those of us who have seen people dying of lung cancer or those who have seen people dying from cirrhosis of liver, this whole business of the government allowing this industry to prosper, it is not to make your life better. It is an economic formula. This massive uh, impact it has, the money that comes is far little than what you lose in the end. And this is their own statements. Today, poverty and homeless have continued to increase. And Naiba Mirsai had mentioned, correct me, Naiba Mirsai, from 70 million people, 70 million people left, they, leave, uh, they live a life all at the edge of poverty. These problems are often unsuccessful government programs because these, these things are frequently complicated by drug and alcohol abuse. The economic cost of opioid crisis in 2015, two years ago, was $504 billion. According to a new report from the Council of the Economic Advisors, and this group reports directly to the President of the United States, of the estimated 50,000 Americans who died of drug overdoses, overdoses in 2015, 63% were opioid drug addicts. To give you a perspective of what $504 billion is, many of the third world countries' budget is about $10 billion or $20 billion. The amount of alcohol consumed, and this is one of the speeches of Hazrat Khalifa Masih Ravi Rahmullah, the amount, the money that England spent one day on drinking alcohol was enough to feed the entire nation of the starving Somalians for one year. So you take the perspective of $504 billion, half a trillion dollar of economic cost, that's not what they make. The alcohol industry in the United States is worth $200 billion. Half a trillion is lost just from one aspect of it. 
The cost in lost productivity is about $20 billion. This is in 2015. Fatal overdoses cost nearly $22 billion in healthcare and lost productivity. More than $86 billion are spent annually in the United States to purchase alcoholic beverages, as much as $116 billion spent annually for the cost of damage to society from alcohol such as divorce courts, healthcare, lost work, and premature deaths. Alcohol, unfortunately, is closely linked with virtually every negative aspect of the society. This is not our word. This is not the word of some faith group. This is the National Council of, on Alcohol and Drug Dependence. Suicide, violent crime, birth defects, industrial accidents, domestic and sexual abuse, disease, homelessness, and death are just a few associates of alcohol. The criminal justice system, and this, you cannot factor in all the costs of the criminal justice system because about $8 billion is spent just on the court costs. And many of these costs go directly to the county. So you may have very rich counties, such as those in Orange County, but then you have the counties in, say, Mississippi or Alabama and Louisiana, who have a county budget of maybe half a million dollars. And a large chunk <coughs> of the sheriff department is spent on arresting, prosecuting, putting these people in jail. And understand, these are not 70 or 60-year-old men that you're capturing. These are young people who were <coughs> raised, supposedly, in the appropriate manner by the family. They were put in the schools like everybody else did. But somewhere around the line, these children deviated and ended up in a life where they ended up in, in the criminal justice system. Worse, the recidivism or the relapse rate of drug addicts is 45% within three years from the release of incarceration. Alcohol, according to one number, claims about 100,000 American lives. To give you a perspective, 5,000 people die from asthma. 5,000 people die from cervical cancer. And you know what amount of money we spend to prevent cervical cancer? Those of you who are physicians, that you recommend this to every healthy woman, that you should be checked out for, <clears throat> for cervical cancer. This is a totally preventable cancer. Why could we not eliminate this disease? And we have screening programs, which are even in a society like ours, where healthcare is a privilege, you have screening programs which allow you to screen for ca uh, cervical cancer. But there are no screening programs or prevention programs to say, why can't we not just stop the manufacture of alcohol and drugs? We are far willing to spend half a trillion dollars into this system. Frequently, um, not just as physician, you will hear the argument that we have heard that alcohol has heart benefits in moderation. And I look to try to look up some research into it. The fact of the matter is I have yet to find a physician who says that it is okay to, who has yet to say, why don't you start drinking so you become more healthy? I have never seen a physician. But I frequently ask, Doc, I heard it's very good to have two or three drinks. And the, the, the reason is there is no controlled study in which they pick a half a dozen non-drinkers and a half a dozen drinkers and say, why don't you start drinking and we'll see how you guys are doing in the next five years. So this is another marketing technique that has gone on. 
This brief layout was just really to give an idea of what the economic, the criminal cause, and what it does to the system, how it affects the entire human society. And unfortunately, in spite of the fact that we have known these drugs for thousands and thousands of years, we know their effects has never been good to the certain group of individuals who become addicted to it, somehow we have made this very organized into tobacco company. And until very recently, these people were associated with sports. Tobacco was associated with sports, which is the leading cause of all diseases which are which makes you unhealthy. For example, heart disease, lung disease, lung cancers, bronchitis, et cetera. So these people were funneling all the money into the toba tobacco money into the sports industry so they can get these young, healthy kids to smoke, so they can look healthy as these athletes are. So that has stopped. The government doesn't allow that. But they allow them to keep selling. Then comes tobacco industry, now that they have a little bit of a control on that, alcohol, pick any magazine, pick any TV channel, pick any news channel, and these guys are constantly marketing alcohol with class, how beautiful it is, it's associated with Christmas, it is associated with good life and whatnot. I've never seen an association where they show the picture of a dying cirrhotic man. If you have seen a person dying of cirrhosis, I promise you, that's the last thing you will start in your life. It's the most painful way, most miserable way to die. If you have seen a man, how they die and they live and die in the very end. The Holy Quran, by the grace of Allah, provides all solutions. The Holy Quran talks about the, all forms of intoxicants, and in, in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 222, Allah says, they ask thee concerning wine and the game of hazard. Say, in both there is great sin and also some advantages for men, but their sin is greater than their disadvantage. Then in Surah Al-Maidah, Surah Al-Maidah, verse 91 and verse 92, I'm skipping the Arabic version, said, O ye believe, wine and the game of hazard, and idols and driving arrows are only an abomination of Satan handy's work. So shun each one of them that you may prosper. Satan desires only to create enmity and hatred among you by means of wine and the game of hazard and to keep you back from the remembrance of Allah and prayer. Will you then keep back? So if you see how it is all packaged together, alcohol, Drugs, gambling. You mix it all together, and you have a cloudy individual. Now he's perhaps grown up, perhaps socially respectable. He has a good job, or he's a successful businessman. But you integrate all this into a casino, or all into this a place of goodness, where you can come and have a good time, as they say. The result is these people who can lose enormous amount of life enormous amount of money. All of this compounded together breeds one thing, gambling, immorality, diseases like HIV, poverty, complete breakdown of the social network, criminal behavior, and an economic meltdown. When the decree, when, the, when Allah, uh, when the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
proclaimed Allah's commandment concerning the concerning alcohol, his companions, his followers broke their parts and jugs of wine until the streets flowed with it. That was the immediate answer. Of course, it would be naive to imagine that that as soon as the Prophet of Allah made this decree, everybody stopped drinking. This is not the case to be. And the final point, the Wasallam left not a single point unturned and say, well, this was not addressed or that was not addressed. Ibn Umar reported that Messenger of Allah is saying, every intoxicant is khamar and every intoxicant is forbidden. Hazrat Aisha is quoted that when Messenger of Allah was asked about bit, which is a nabi from honey, he replied, every liquor which intoxicates is forbidden. Umay Salma reported that Allah's Messenger prohibited all intoxicants and drinks that slackens a person's mind. So don't even, you don't have to even think about getting something intoxicated. But if it slows your mind, if you're unable to fulfill your responsibilities, that is also forbidden. Abdullah ibn Abbas says that, he relates that Ahazah said, abstain from khamar because it is the key source of all evils. And then perhaps the strongest word is from hadith from, uh, from Hazrat Anas that the Messenger of Allah cursed people who prepared wine, who made wine, who sold wine, who served wine, and the one who consumed and the one who profited. And the words are cursed be of Allah on those who are involved in this business. Tariq ibn Suwaid asked the Prophet about wine. And the Prophet forbade him. And he said, oh, Prophet of Allah, I drink this as a medicine. This is an argument, thesis, you know. We have methadone maintenance programs, which is a facade. You're a heroin addict, and they say, don't worry about it. We'll put you in methadone. You can stay on it for the rest of your life. We only worry about heroin. You can continue your cocaine on the side. We're not worried about that. That's not my job, unfortunately. So he said, it is a medicine. It is not a medicine. It is a disease. It is a poison. Jabir Razi Allah reported that the Messenger of Allah says, if a large amount of anything causes intoxication, a small amount of the same is also prohibited. And the drinker of wine is like the worshiper of idols. My readers, brothers and sisters, this should be enough, but I've got a few more little references from Hazrat Musim al-Islam in the Qulfa, and I'll read them quickly. Hazrat Musim al-Islam said, O ye wise one, this world is not everlasting. Restrain yourselves and give all intemperances. Refrain from the use of intoxicants. Liquor is not the only thing that is destructive for humans, but opium, ganja, hemp, bung, palm wine, and every type of intoxicant which becomes a habit affects the brain and ultimately causes ruin. Keep away from all of these. I cannot understand why you should so use such things through the evil of which thousands of addicts like you depart from this life every year and the torment of the hereafter is even more. says, let me tell you, as I've told you a number of times before, that smoking is a foul habit. Other intoxicants are equally harmful. Smoking and alcohol 
He says other intoxicants are equally harmful. They should be given up once and for all. Certain intoxicants breed the habit of lying. Hazrat Khalifa Tulmisi Ravi Ramullah had numerous detailed discussions, and I encourage you to listen to those khutbah. He says, the pursuit of pleasure in every sphere of life requires change and novelty to provide a greater kick. Things which used to satisfy in the past no longer do now. Smoking and traditional intoxicants fail to provide the kick which the progressively restless society inquires. Drugs of all sorts begin to appear and no measure whatsoever taken to suppress the menacing drug trend of drug addiction is enough. Yet, the drug addicts requires a still a greater kick. So a stronger, more addictive, and lethal drug is invented. And at that time, cocaine was considered one of the deadliest or most addictive. Today, it's nothing. Hazrat Khalifa al-Masil Khamis, Huzur has repeatedly warned against the perils of love or vain practices of smoking cigarettes, leading to more addictive and dangerous intoxicants. He says, peace of mind and is not in the bedazzlement of this world. It is not in the intoxicants. It is only be to be found in turning towards Allah. Dear brothers and sisters, God forbid, if you are in a situation, if you suspect that your child or a loved one might be involved in this, understand that this is a very serious problem. You cannot solve it by simply talking to it. It requires a complex relationship with your therapist, with a physician, to be able to get him into some kind of treatment. But your best shot is not in the treatment. The best chances to recover this child is not ever starting in this. If you smoke today, if you smoke, what are the chances that your child is likely going to be a smoker? It is very high, because children respond to images. If you give in to other intoxicants, whether it's money or alcohol, or you, or you go in situations where you end up tolerating alcohol, whether you drink it or not, but if you're in a situation where you expose your family, then this is, the, this is the area where it can be in trouble. Fortunately, there's an opportunity that by the grace of Allah, there are treatment programs, and God forbid, if there is an Ahmadi who's affected with ice, they're very welcome to contact me in private. My name is, as Naibam Yusaiba said, my name is Tanvir Ahmed. You're well, welcome to contact us. We do have opportunity to help. In the, if I have 30 seconds, Naibam Yusaiba, uh, Secretary Sahib Tariq Ajdeed and Secretary Sahib Bakfi Ajdeed that mentioned the first part of the words of Surah Bakra was they asked thee concerning what should you spend? And the answer is whatever you can spare. So if you spare some extra money, please do spend in Bakfi Ajdeed and also in Tariq Ajdeed. As Anwar Mahmood Khan Sahib said, had it gone with no Tariq Ajdeed, there'll be no mosque, no jalsa, and none of these luxuries and bounties we have. Zakunla. Khalifa ke labon se jo gulo johar bikharte hai You've been listening to the MKA Vibe by Majlis Qudamal Ahmadiyya USA, America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. Subscribe to get more of our weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, Lessons from our respected Imams and wisdom from different sources. Tweet us your ideas and thoughts at Muslim Youth USA.